Shamanama ding dong. Mic check. One, two, check. One, two. Oh, this stuff is melted. Mic check. Mic check. Mic check. Welcome back. To another episode of the Dare Show podcast. I'm the host, Derek, and on this podcast, I want to dare you to look at things through a different perspective. Just my perspective. I talk about music. Um, this week, I have um, a music album review. I talk about pop culture. I talk about anything that's really popping that I feel like I want to say. Um, I thought that was something I wanted to talk about, but I guess not. I'm trying to remember. I think there was something I wanted to talk about that I don't have written down. But anyways, Sandra Lee. We all remember Sandra Lee. Last week, I talked a little bit about Governor Cuomo being, um, resigning because of allegations of, like, sexual, crazy sexual allegations from, like, different women in his, um, camp. And I just remember, like, I didn't say Sandra Lee. I remember, like, Sandra Lee, she was married, or not married, she dated him for a very long time, and then they, like, broke up, like, in 2019. So I'm like, did she have a heads up? Why did they break up? Because it was so weird. And I think she's still like, I have nothing but love for him. But you, do you guys remember Sandra Lee from um, the Food Network? And her, um, she had a couple of shows on the Food Network. Mainly, the, <laughs> here goes my brain. Mainly the show was um, semi-homemade. And I think she had like another like $20 a day or something like that type show. But Sandra Lee was fine. She was always drinking. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, what next door to talk about? Miss Beyonce. They finally released, um, I meant to do a little bit more research on this, but I did it. They finally released the Tiffany, or announced, oh, released the Tiffany collaboration, um, sponsorship, whatever. Beautiful pictures. <sighs> the picture's a little bit awkward. It's her and Jay, they're together with this, and it's like, y'all look kind of awkward, I'm not sure what's really going on here, she looks beautiful, he looks great, it's just, together they look slightly, like, what's going on, I just really just want that one picture, it seems like every day a new picture comes out, um, but mainly the thing is, they're talking about blood diamonds, and how Beyonce is allegedly wearing a blood diamond. First of all, when it first came out, they were talking about like Beyonce is the first black woman to wear this. I was about to say this blood diamond. <laughs> She's the first black woman to wear this diamond, and I'm like, do I give a fuck? I really don't. Um, because I'm just like over like the first black woman to blah 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 at this point in time. I'm just like, come on, y'all. Do we really care that she's the first black woman to wear this diamond? Lady Gaga wore it. 
um, a couple years ago at the Oscars. Uh, nobody cared. Um, <laughs> then Miss um, Tiffany Humphreys. That's not her name, but I'm going to call her Tiffany Humphreys. She wore it. But hers look remixed. And then the late, some other lady wore it in like the 50s or something like that. I don't know. Um, she wore it, but hers look remixed because the one Gaga, the original lady, the first lady, and Beyonce wore, they all look the same. But the one that Miss Tiffany, Audrey Hepburn, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what her name is, Audrey Hepburn. She wore it and hers look remixed. And it's so funny how, like, people have, um, stayed on Beyonce and Jay-Z's neck all August long. Um, first it was, like, from her Harper's Bazaar article, she talked about being elusive and not liking social media and life being more than social media. And people were like, girl, you get on social media just like Why are you acting like you're so much better than us? So funny. And then this blood diamond thing, they're like saying it's a blood diamond. And then the people are like, we knew it was a blood diamond before. Y'all never said anything to Lady Gaga. Or are you saying something now? I don't know. I really don't care. I just find it very fascinating. A lot of news of Beyonce. I just love Beyonce and her music. And I'm very open to lots of perspective as... Uh, I'm no longer a stan. I'm uh, open to a lot of perspectives, which leads me open to like, oh, she had a BBL? Okay, I didn't know that. Oh, she's wearing a blood diamond? Oh, didn't know that either. But here we are. Basquiat. They had showed this Basquiat painting, and people were like, Basquiat wouldn't have wanted his, I guess, his work to be... It's a rare... I don't know, first of all, I don't know. I guess when you're uh, a lover of art, you know what's rare, what's not. Or it's a never-before-seen piece, someone said, or they're saying. And I'm like, oh, okay. I don't really know. But I guess you know how I can, like, detect when Beyonce is giving us three part harmonies or ten part harmonies. They can detect where a uh, Sebastian that's never been seen before. I guess that's what's going on here. Um, but I guess what I'm guessing, I think I saw Basquiat, the Basquiat documentary a very long time ago. Uh, and I'm guessing what they're saying is he wouldn't want his stuff to be in like mainstream endorsements or something like that, like an endorsement or a mainstream something, something, something like that. I really don't care. It's just something I'm just reporting to you guys. So I'm going to move along to my next comment. I swear there was something I wanted to talk about, but maybe this is it. Miss Little Mix. Um, her name is Jessie Nelson from Little Mix. Earlier this year, she announced she like left the group. Look, she had a huge long-ass article on the Daily Mail, I want to say. Probably not the Daily Mail. It's one of those weird, slightly messy <laughs> um, news sites, or report sites, celebrity report sites, whatever. But she came out, and she just talked about why she left Little Mix. Little Mix, I really do like Little Mix. Actually, I think they pretty much give more harmony 
Little Megs, the Clark Sisters, SWV, and Vogue. Those are really, like, the only, like, girl groups out here. But as far as harmonies, like I've been saying, the Clark Sisters. And then I would put Little Mix in there. Little Mix, uh, they're from the UK. They won the X Factor. I think Kelly put them together when she was on the X Factor, Kelly Rowland. And the girl, Jessie Nelson, she's initially she left and she said she left because of her, like, anxiety. And I'm thinking, like, oh, like, it's like, you know, you can't, you have, like, social anxiety or, like, performing anxiety or something like that. No. Now, this girl, now, Jesse, I gotta say, you sound slightly, not even slightly, you sound very, um, off. Like, what you're saying sounds off. Uh, she really basically left because of people attacking her looks, people are attacking I'm not even going to say her talent. Like, she sounded... Like, the little... I, I can't tell whose voice is who at this point. I haven't listened to, like, any of, any of their recent music. The last song I heard was, like, Angels. I love Angels. And then that Mama Told Me Not to... Wings. I think I listened to most of that album back when it came out. That was, like, 2012. You guys know... Oh, my gosh. Time is just flying. Um, so anyways, the song that I listened to that they, that, uh, it was, I forget what the name was. It was like Cupcake or something. I don't know. It's the one where they just recently sang and they were like splashing around in water. But the song that I listened to, it was pretty good. Like her vocals sound good. The video just looked off and I think maybe that's because it was a pandemic, but the video just looked weird. <laughs> It was like, I would give it like a 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10. It was just something was off about it, but it was a pretty good video. But she just left. She's like, she left. Um, initially, she left because of like anxiety and she was obsessed with reading bad comments about herself. Um, she has like 8, she had 8.5 million followers on whatever platform they said. I'm just like, it's okay. You can move along. And then she kind of really went into it. She was like, we switched our label and our management got into like a riff. And we end up moving, I think, managers. Yeah, I think they end up moving managers. And oh, no, no. They end up switching labels. And when they switch labels, the labels, they were before. They switched labels. They were writing their music, having an input on their music. Um, and then after they left, or when they switched, the label... So crazy, labels. They gave... The label started, like, giving them songs. And she was like, I don't feel connected to these songs. I don't like these songs. So I'm just going to leave. So there was a couple of reasons. You know, the anxiety, the mental health part, and then the label part. And I'm just like, girl, you gotta, y'all get need to get get some advice on how to deal with this because this is crazy. Like you're a group, wouldn't you want to stay with the group and help the group? And she made it seem like the group. She said the group suffered, but it's I I don't think they really 
could have suffered that much. I don't think unless they come out and say that the other group members were like, yeah, we really didn't like, you know, I don't know. How would that affect the other group members? Besides, girl, we got you. Go, we're going to stick through this. We're going to keep recording these. We're going to try to fight to, like, get our say back into our music, get back into writing. I don't I don't know. It was a weird article. It was, like, a lot of slight blame, but it was, like, a lot of blame on herself. And I feel like that's what a lot of white people do. They blame themselves. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, people, you know, you walking past them, and they just be, oh, so sorry. And it's like... Girl, you didn't do nothing but walk past me. And it's like, I feel like a lot of white people need therapy. Because <laughs> they have, like, this, like, self-blame. And it's so weird to see. At least the white people I encounter. Not even encounter, but, like, the white people, like, in media that I sort of watch. Like, I'm basically talking about Colleen Ballinger also. Colleen, she's always, like, blaming stuff on herself and tearing herself down and that's what i kind of felt like with jesse i feel like this sense of her tearing herself down because sort of because of um the quote-unquote bullying about her looks well she doesn't look that bad they were telling her you know she was like a, a rat or something child i'm not gonna go into it <laughs> they were telling her she's gonna look at like she anyways but like that sort of the bullying why don't you get help for that you got off social media you're still in this group but yet you feel like you're not good enough but you have the talent and then she made a documentary called the odd one out i couldn't i was trying to watch it i couldn't find a link or anywhere to watch it um but then also like the other black girl in the group who just had twins congratulations she just had twins, but she was like, she put a, out a documentary talking about her experience in the group and being a black woman in the group and the sort of racism the fans do or do not give. But I'm like, who are these people that are really like racist fans? Because they're not showing up to your shows. There's no way these racist people and these cyber bullies are tweeting you and then tweeting you negativity and then buying you a ticket to see your show. Like, girl, you could have stayed in that group. But anyways... Um, I'm just saying, you know, Dustin Child, they went through a lot worse. She need to call up Kelly, call up Michelle, call up somebody and get some therapy, get some advice, get some something. Because I don't think you should have just left the group because of, you know, you're not liking whatever, because you're going through these like issues. I feel like it was a... It's slightly bullshit, especially now that she's talking about she's becoming a solo artist. Let me find the... Uh, I really do believe that. I wouldn't be shocked if it felt equal. I don't think that's possible because you're all getting compared. Oh. I really... Um, is there going to be one person in a group that feels... Oh, she's talking about if there's always going to be one group, a person in the group that feels less than the others. I really do believe that. I would be shocked to hear if any band wherever where anyone felt equal. I don't think that's possible because you're always going to be compared who they looked, who looks better and who they think. Also, I think she said like some behind the scenes people like in their management were treating her sort of like shit. And I'm just like, girl, it's unfortunate. 
whatever. Um, on to her moving on. The only time she felt the defense she was in no state. Also, this article is like, the Brits, they speak so weirdly. So if I sound weird reading this, it's because I'm reading what they're saying. She was in no state to plan a solo career when she quit. Second, she had never ruled outward. <laughs> Whatever, uh... What I've said about a million times is that I've never said I'm coming out of the band to never be in the public eye again. I said I'm coming out of Little Mix because I cannot deal with the pressure of being in a girl band. Not that I can't deal with being the pressures of being in the spotlight or being famous. So you think those same trolls are not going to come from Little Mix to over to you and still troll you? Like, what's not clicking, sugar? It's eight years since she deleted her Twitter account. Nowadays, she, she says she tries, t tries not to read the negative stuff. She's, like, been in and out of the hospital. Um, because of, like, the bullying and st stuff getting to her. So I'm just, like... I'm not saying that you got out a little bit to pursue a solo career but that's kind of what it's looking like and now you're just blaming yeah people are like you're just blaming your mental health on trying to get, get out a little mix but i'm like okay she signed with a label or like an entertainment company she has no like new music coming out or nothing like done so we'll see what happens with jesse nelson i do think that It's a little shady that you're blaming, you're talking about your mental health, but yet you're solo. Like, why are you leaving those girls over there like that? And it's not like, it, nothing that I've read or come across that they've been in, like, in group, internal group conflict. So it's just like, it's wonky. What do you guys think? I know a lot of Little Mix... I know the comments were, like, really in her ass about it. Jesse Nielsen, God bless. <laughs> so, on to the next, Miss Patti LaBelle. She talked about her movie. She did an um, interview with Jamila Hill. It was an okay interview. Yeah, it was, it was okay. Nothing to really write home about. But she was just talking about her movie. I noticed that, like... I think it was a video talking about... Yeah, from, like, Entertainment Tonight. And it had, like, two, over 200,000 views about that little clip about Patty talking about um, who she wanted to play in her, her in a movie. And with Jamila Hill, she just really talked about she wants to be here, be alive... And have an input, but, you know, Zuri will always be here to have a hand in it. Like I told you, I'll put the link in to when I went off about Patty. <laughs> My thoughts on who should direct me and who should play an unknown Patty LaBelle in her biopic. Where it needs to be. HBO, HBO Max. I'll leave the link a link because I'm not going to go again because I can really go again. But I'm not going to do it. I'll leave the link and when I went off about who should play Patti LaBelle and my thoughts on a Patti LaBelle movie. Especially after reading her book, which I need to go buy. Um, but I, re I read the book. And there's like so many 
interesting little short stories that I think should be told. Um, but she just says she just wants to be here and have a heavy input. Um, I don't really know if anybody has really um, come to her about it. I know her and Lee Daniels, they hung out last week or this week or something like that. And I'm just like, why hasn't Lee stepped up to direct this? But I guess, you know, they're waiting for me. I'm waiting for the call. Um, Zuri and HBO, I'm waiting for the call. I will direct the movie. I will, I'll do it for free. I will literally do this movie for free. With, okay, I will do it for free. I'll do it for a little money, little to nobody. Honestly, to be honest, it's my, it'll be my directorial debut. Um, I will ask for money on the backhand, but <laughs> I can do this movie. Definitely. Let's get it done. I don't, let's get it done. But I don't know why she hasn't collaborated with Lee Daniels. You know, Mariah has Lee Daniels on the case with her movie. So I'm like, why doesn't, why hasn't Lee Daniels or somebody, why hasn't this been brought to fruition, brought to past? Hopefully it'll be good, whoever does it. Hopefully, you know, when I direct it, if I direct it, it's going to be amazing, but hopefully it'll be good. You speak things into past. Call me up, Zuri. Call me at HBO. Patty, let them know I'm here for you. So on that note, I'm going to, um, go to my first sponsor of the day, <laughs> and then after that, for my main course, I'm going to, we're going to talk about Miss Josh Stone, who I adore so much, um, and her, a little album review on her album, Color Me Free. So, let's hear from a word from our sponsor. All right, welcome back to the Dare Show podcast. This is the 36th episode. Um, so for the main course this week, well, first, should I tell you um, the song, the, the song of the week, as I've been trying to keep up with doing is Lady by Color Me Free. I mean, Josh Stone off of the Color Me Free album. That song, I'm about to get into the um, album review, though. But that song is just so, <laughs> so haunting and so melodic and so beautiful. It's such a good song. Um, also, I would I would um, put for song of the week... Oh crap, what's the name of the song? Aretha Franklin, Deeper Love. Um, this week I found out that... Okay, Civilis and Cole? <laughs> they produced that song. And I, I found out also they produced... Um, I'm Every Woman by Whitney. Um, and I didn't know that a deeper love, oh my God, the vocals, the beat, the background, such a classic song from the, and it's from the, um, Sister Act soundtrack, Sister Act 2 soundtrack. So I found out that, I found out that they, they produced the song and they worked with Mariah a lot on her, um, earlier albums, 
just incredible. I, I believe one of them, not I believe, one of them has pa- passed away, like, back in the 90s, I believe, of, like, AIDS um, complications and stuff. So, but shout out to Civilis and Cole. I need, like, a list of songs that they have produced or worked with. <sighs> That's what I need. But I know all of them all start off with, like, a sick piano. I think one of them is black, so it's probably, like, this, the church inspiration and influence into, like, all of their music, which is amazing. So let's get into um, Color Me Free. So the reason why I'm bringing this up, talking about Color Me Free, is because Color Me Free is one of Josh Stone's best albums. And Color Me Free is not on streaming anymore for some reason. It was on streaming. And then, like, I think last year I noticed... Or maybe two years ago, definitely. Like, 2019, if not last year. I definitely noticed. I was like, wait a minute. Except for a couple of songs. I think Parallel Lines is on there. Stalemate is on there. Uh, I think another song I don't really care for. But, like, I was like, I want to go listen to, like, Governmentalist. I'm like, girl, Governmentalist isn't on there. So, the reason why I wanted to do this album review, there's no really anniversary for it. It came out in, I think, like, 2009 or something, 2008, which, like, blows my mind because just i was just like realizing just on is so fucking young okay we're gonna get into it and how like at 21 um joss was going through this battle with her record label but before then she was signed initially signed with s curve records s curve brought her from her first three albums and then s curve they were merged with emi and then s curve as curve, I'm sorry, bounced. They went away. They had like a situation, and they moved themselves, removed themselves from EMI. That for some reason, and I found that so weird. But I guess because I guess maybe she was a bigger artist. I thought she had became a big artist at that time. But she said in an interview, she was like, um, "When they left, it left me with EMI and." The people over at EMI were not my favorite. Like, she was so comfortable working with uh, her team at S-Curve. They adored her. They made great music. Um, I believe it, it was during and the intro- after introducing with Joss. No, 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 no. After her second album, My Body and Soul, they left. So then, you know, she kind of had like a little bit of a hard time remaking music with the EMI people. And so at 21, I didn't even, I, I didn't even realize, like I did not know. I thought Joss was at least like 25 when she made, um, introducing Joss Stone. Joss Stone was 20, 20 when she made, or tw- child, here we go with these numbers. <laughs> She's like 20, 20, 20, 19, 20 when she made Introducing Josh Stone. She looked, and her voice, of course, is bigger and more adult. But she looked, I thought she was at least like 25. I'm like, try to catch up. So then, here we go. She leaves. Oh, no, she leaves. Um, they merge. The merge ends. She's left with these people that don't really appreciate her or want her. And she's recorded this music this body of work and she was like 
here you guys go. Here's my um, here's my album. And they're like, D what? Like you didn't tell us you were making an album. You didn't um, consult us. What is this? I'm trying to remember what this reminds me of. It definitely reminds me of Prince. Throughout, like this whole her whole story is very Prince, and it's what Prince fought for. It's what Beyonce did eventually. But I feel like Joss Stone, she kind of, in her own right, kind of is a trailblazer because this album pushed her into a lovely exit deal. <laughs> um, I believe that the um, one of the things, one of the problems that label had, and this is you know back in the day when the label had to know everything. And it wasn't like today. Girl, make an album. You know, people people make albums without the label's help. Heavily. Um, But one thing I noticed... I don't know what I was talking about, but okay. So... Oh, the the uh, the the photos, the promo, the the photos for the album. I believe she was like the they didn't like the fo- the photos, and they were like they found it offensive. And so she was like, "D what? You find these photos offensive?" And I just found, I just looked at these photos, and are they offensive? No. Are they weird? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, they're just like a lot of weirdness, but they end up putting the album on hold for a couple of months. I think they had a release date. They put the album on hold and I guess reworked the packaging or whatever. Then we released it. Now, the thing is, I I kind of I remember most of when Joss's albums came out. I remember when Introducing came out. Um, I remember when LP1 came out. I remember when, because I like literally Joss Stone, I have like 90% of all of her albums. Do I have water obvious? Water? Soul water? Whatever? I don't know. I think I do. I think I do. Um, I don't remember when this one came out. I don't remember like a rollout. I think I remember the first single which was Free Me? Or Big Old Game? It might have been Free Me. I think, yeah, I think I remember that, and I didn't particularly like it at the time. I might have, like, illegally downloaded some of the songs later. Either I did at that time or later. Like, Governmentalist, um, Could Have Been You, these, like, incredible, incredible songs. But, and I think that might have been the label's fault. I don't remember a rollout. I don't remember her releasing it. Um, But... We're here now. Now, just a little, little more backstory before I get into it. The this album pushed her to get her own label. She fought to get her own. And she's twenty one doing this. She fought to get released from her tr- contract. I believe she paid, paid like it was like a two million dollar deal. She paid the two million, got out of the contract, and started her own label. And I'm just like, this is so what... I believe Prince did this early on. I'm not sure when... I was going to say Parkwood. Um, what's that song? What's this? It starts with a P. Prairie Park. Per- 
I'm a mess. Prairie Park. I believe that's when Prairie Park came out. But she was saying, like, they were mad at her and she wanted to leave. She didn't want to be, like, famous. She wanted to be rich. She wanted to be in control of her art, in control of her music. And at 21, she left them, paid them. And then I remember, like, one of, and a part of um, the deal, the exit deal, they're supposed to be the album. I was not getting in trouble by reminding them this. <laughs> but LP1 was the name of her next album. And we found out that was a part of the um, exit deal. They named her first. I mean, her last two albums. She said it's supposed to be LP2, but it hasn't happened yet. I think LP2 will be considered... Um, would be considered as Water for Your Soul. Because Soul Session 2 is Soul Sessions 2. Or it could be... That could be it. LP2, Soul Sessions 2. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Okay, okay. But shout out to Josh Stone, you know, and she still has her own record label. She's still like trying to tour on, probably not now, but she, before, you know, the pandemic, she's trying to tour the world. I believe when she got to like Syria, they sent her back. <laughs> she really thought she's about to get in Syria. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's, let's talk the album. Cause I really, I enjoy this album. This album is so funky. It's very, like, R&B-influenced. I believe Raphael Sadiq is still, like, producing throughout this song, this album. It's full of, like, live instruments. The vocals are so clear. The backgrounds are so beautiful. Everybody's just using their voice and their talent and really coming through making this album. I feel like it's... A continuation of introducing Josh Stone, but also emerging her into this next LP one, into her next body of work, LP one, and the kind of music and the kind of style she um, likes singing. So there's these incredible. I know the album. I know the album is like kind of heavy, and then it has its bright moments, and then it'll bring you it in sort of like on a ballad note. So, you know, they have these, like, serious songs, like, Free Me, Free Me, Free Anna, Free Me, where she's, you know, trying to give her staple. There's songs like Governmentalist. I love government, Governmentalist featuring Nas. Don't you, it's just, like, such great, incredible, these lyrics are so good. Um such powerful lyrics don't you dare you just over there live in the white house you don't really care you're just doing this for money starting wars and then Nas goes into his like living in the ghetto and genet genetically modified food it's such a great song please go listen to that song and it's mainly about bush that's what the thing was i was like oh she's still under or previously leaving the Bush administration into the Obama administration. And we know how that transferred. So, well, not transferred horribly, but, you know, Obama has stuff to clean up. Big old game. Life is such a big old game. Like, these really serious songs. Um, doing great. And then we have, like, these cute and fun songs. Like, You Got Me. I mean, You Got the Love. 
you got the love which is a cover i believe she said it was a cover and that did well in in the uk but it didn't do well in america and she said like two different people at two different times told her joss you need to go and re re um cover you got the love she's like okay i'll go do it it must be meant for me to do it it's one of my favorites like it's so soulful it's it's like this sort of gospel to me gospel influence she says she um produced it was her first time producing a song she's supposed to produce it with um rafael sadiq was supposed to produce it but he didn't he wasn't able to or he wasn't around at the time so she's like i'll just do it the horns the the backgrounds and then the um, it slows down, and she's just like singing from her heart. You could just oh, I love this album. I love this song. Um, and then there's songs like Incredible. She's telling the story about Incredible, how Incredible she was uh, supposed to be. Fil- they filmed her. This I don't know what it was for, but people were filming her writing a song, and she's like, "Why don't you?" Uh, they want her to like f- fakely make a song. She's like, "Why don't you just record me actually trying to make a song?" So she's like, "There's like cameras in my face, and people are like trying to um, what's the word? <laughs> what's the word? They're trying to um, micromanage my like looks and how I'm doing and stuff like that." She's like, "Part of this is a love song, or part of this is like a song." mixture of how i felt actually how i felt and you can actually hear this that's one song um on the album you can actually hear it sounds like she's holding a mic because she sounds like the sound is just so different still incredible um four and twenty these fun songs like lady i thought lady was gonna i was gonna put that on the ballot lady like i said is one of my favorites this is like such a cool funky song um it's about keeping women keeping yourselves together and composed and letting she's like letting the man take you on a journey and not being like basically not being a hoe (laughs) basically okay so then the album slows it down like i said and towards the end of the album we go into these ballads these heavy beautiful vocal incredible duetty ballad ballads first there's could have could have been you that's more in the beginning of the album but still it's like beautiful song beautiful song and most of these songs she still performs in her shows until to this day could have been you top five favorite Jostown songs. Top five. Absolutely. Love this song. Um, Stalemate. Oh my gosh. I had a little moment with that one this this week. Just like, oh my gosh, it's such a beautiful song with Jamie Hartman. Featuring Jamie Hartman. She said he wrote and produced a song and she was just like, can, can I just join you on it? And he's like, yeah. Let's get it going. Stalemate. Such a beautiful song. Girlfriend on Demand. I love that song. Just her and a piano. Killing it. Killing it. And I love how Joss is such a variety. She has like these big band moments and then she has like a piano moment or she has like a guitar moment. Like her voice just 
and her feeling just floats and meshes well with every thing and all the instruments. And I love how she does play with all the instruments. Like she has horns, she has these different exotic guitars and pianos and stuff in her music. She just a love her music, and I, I appreciate that from her. Mr. Winkerman. Mr. Winkerman is the last song I'm going to talk about. Mr. Winkerman, it gets me in the vein of, like, Dirty Man from her first album. And, um... Oh, crap. What's the other song? Landlord from her from LP1 like these she has such a variety of like great love songs and they're all fresh and so new oh my gosh Josh Stone I adore this album Mr. Winkerman it's like 14 minutes long no lie <laughs> um yeah Mr. Winkerman is like a funny <laughs> it's a funny name and it's a really good song it's a great song I would give this album... I think there's only one song in this album I do not appreciate. Um, I would give this album like a 9 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Okay, 10 out of 10. Because sometimes I don't want to listen to Free Me or Big Old Game. But I, these other like 10, 12 songs, amazing. Please go check this out. Um, but yeah, shout out to Josh Stone and shout out to EMI. I don't know what, why it's not on streaming, why they took it off. Um, like I said, it pushed her to get her own label. If she still has a label, she's still pumping these albums out. Um, in my opinion, Josh doesn't have a bad album. And it's interesting, I don't know if this is like a, maybe it's like a privileged, white privilege, privilege thing. I'm not going to say that. But I'm just noticing, you know, Joss did this very early on in her career, taking control of her career. Um, and taking control of her art. And we appreciate that for her, about her. Let me know what are your favorite songs. Uh, are you even a Josh Stone fan? Do you even know about Josh Stone? Um, I listened to this album on um, YouTube because it's not on streaming. Um, so yeah, let me know what you think about Joss. Um, my Instagram is my love money tonight. Leave a comment, please. I want to know what your favorite songs are. My favorites, Stalemate, Could Have Been You. You got the love, governmentalists. <laughs> I'm just naming all of them at this point. <laughs> um, top. Okay, I can't even make a top five. Okay, I can. I can do top five because it's lady right here. Lady, you got the love, stalemate. Could have been you and governmentalist. Those are my top five. Top three, stalemate. Could have been you. You got the love. Boom, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Dare Show podcast. Um, shout out to Josh Stone. Thank you. Thank you for listening.